Local news, talk, sports, and the hits of the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Kane 107.5. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240 here on a big uh, Tuesday, January the 10th. Well, if you stayed up to watch the game last night, Cinderella, the coach didn't show up, so... Anyway, she went back to her, how would you say, her rags. But anyway, uh, in the meantime, um, George is pretty good, huh, Jeff? Yeah, and, uh, you know, what's amazing, though, I you know, saw a couple of headlines this morning talking about their dominance. They barely beat Ohio State. That's right. You know, you, you got to go back. You know, I, I before uh, the playoffs uh, were selected, I didn't think TCU belonged in the playoffs, but then... Uh, the way they stepped up against Michigan, I thought, well, I was wrong. But then I feel vindicated again after last night's game. But by no means uh, did Georgia just roll through the season. Yeah, they were undefeated, but they had some challenges. Oh, they did. They did have some challenges. And, uh, you know, I guess I'm trying to think uh, over the course of the year, their toughest game in that regard. And, uh, of course... You know, LSU scored 30 points on them. I thought TCU, in that regard, would uh, have an opportunity to score some points because they you yeah. know, they put some points up on people uh, during the course of the year. They were scoring more than Georgia uh, through the course of uh, uh, that. And uh, I was thinking that possibly that uh, they would uh, come through uh, putting up some points on, on them. But in the meantime, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, just what can you say? They They <laughs> – they went through uh, the BCS, uh, but you know, like you said, Ohio gave them a game, and uh, I was trying to pull up uh, some information on that. But uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, uh, I mean, sixty-five to seven last night, the first back-to-back champion since Alabama. In, what was it, ten and eleven, eleven, twelve, and uh, and just the eighth in the history of the sport uh, going back. Of course, uh, recently Alabama, and then before Alabama was USC in oh three oh four. With the Reggie Bush, Lenhart group, and uh, then you got to go back to Nebraska with uh, Tommy Frazier and that crowd. And then Alabama, I think, again did it in 78-79. Uh, Army did it, I think, in 43, 44, 44-45. Uh, trying to think of other uh, back-to-back champions. Uh, not sure. Uh, Notre Dame uh, might have done it, but uh, just amazing. Just a blowout. And uh, the Bulldogs are not 15-0. and 0. They solidified themselves as an all-time college football dynasty, winning 29 out of 30 games, two national titles over the past 16 months, outscoring opponents, catch this, 1,163 to 364. Uh, amazing. And the average score of a Georgia football game over the past two seasons, 39 to 12. They surrendered seven or fewer points in 12 of the 30 games. Uh, they gave up just 20 points, 20 plus points, six times. And of course, uh, the walk on quarterback. You know, I, I'm going to say, what, what does it say about having a 50 year quarterback uh, to lead your team for players to stick around and see that kind of success? Yeah, that's it's incredible. And, uh, Last night, his legacy in his final collegiate game uh, accounted for six touchdowns, four rushing, two passing. He improves to 29-3 and three as a starter at Georgia. He's, but here's the kicker, Jeff. A lot of people don't know this. He's 25 years old. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, he's older than five starting quarterbacks in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> he might be the oldest quarterback in the AFC. And I'm, I'm not exaggerating by no, much. No, you're, you're right about I think that. Patrick Mahomes is the oldest starting quarterback in the AFC. Uh, I do think you're right. And uh, he probably won't be drafted to the sixth or seventh round, if at all, in the upcoming NFL draft. You know, he's only about 5'11. I don't think he hits the six foot barrier. Uh, the former walk-on left an uh, indelible mark, you know, in the college game, joining Matt Leinhart and A.G. McCrown from uh, USC and Alabama as the only quarterbacks to win back-to-back national titles in the uh, 21st century. Still hard for me to say that. In the meantime, uh, Georgia's consecutive uh, uh, titles come on the heels of a significant investment by the university. Anyway, um, do we have a uh, – call there we'll see if it's a uh, caller who wants to go on the air let's right. uh, go to the phones hi you're in the air hey good morning fellas how y'all doing hey good, good morning good morning ty how are you all righty boy george just proved the <laughs> men amongst boys huh uh pretty much so i mean uh Kirby Smart, uh, didn't he come up from the Alabama coaching staff? Uh, he was uh, Saban's, I think, assistant defensive coordinator and when he moved over to Georgia. And, uh, wow. I mean, just yeah. – yeah, I, I really thought TCU would, uh, uh, I mean, show up. I mean, they did show up. I just didn't think they'd get a beating like that. I was thinking something like 35 to 24, maybe something of that nature. But just, I mean, they didn't stop. And uh, in the third quarter, they were still – trying to score, too, uh, just pounded them. Even the announcer said, if Georgia gets the ball back right before half and they picked off that pass and boom, you know, another touchdown before you could say uh, uh, <laughs> national championship. Well, he learned from Jesus Christ, so you got to consider that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just... Well, I think uh, that Ohio State game was eye opener for Georgia, and that, that's what – I think that's why they played so hard last night. They, they wanted to prove something. You know, similar but, uh, to losing to Alabama and then winning the national title against Alabama last year, a, a similar kind of uh, wake-up call, perhaps. Yeah, but you didn't have to remind me about that. <laughs> uh, well, the reason I was calling, just to give you all my sympathies for Lee K., uh, I mean, he was he was one of a kind, you know, enjoyed listening to him and uh, just Calling and reaching out and giving y'all my sympathy. I appreciate yeah, that, Ty. We appreciate it. Yeah, we really do. Uh, Lee K was one in a kind and loved to sit behind the mic and uh, sometimes came out with some crazy things. But he knew his music, and especially the music from this era, meaning uh, when he was growing up, all the old uh, – uh, musicians and singers from this area that uh, Rod Barrard, Barrard, uh, Rod, uh, there were just so many singers from this area, uh, T.K. Hewley and that crowd he knew and uh, grew up with, and boy, he knew the music industry and the Cajun industry and the Acadiana music as well as anybody that I know. All right, fellas, I'm not going to hold you all up. Enjoy listening to you all, and Anything we do to help, just give us a holler. Appreciate right. it, man. Thank you. Uh, Appreciate thank you, Ty. Uh, have Ty a and the Quarter Tavern being a sponsor of Bayou Sports. That is correct, and we appreciate all that he does for us, and he just reiterated that. Uh, if he'd be of any assistance, uh, he'd be glad to help. Anyway, going back, uh, Bayou Sports, uh, Georgia's consecutive titles come uh, with a significant investment. Head coach Kirby Smart signed a, t- a record 10-year, you ready, $112 million extension in July, uh, and two months after the school unveiled an $80 million renovation 
of the team's training facility. Of course, a lot of people have to recall the SEC schools, uh, when the, after the payouts and the bowl money and everything that comes into play with TV revenue, send each one of their members, their, well, soon to be 16 members, they're 14 now, 55 to $60 million a year. Mm. I mean, hello, Vanderbilt. Uh, you know, uh, they're a private, a private school that uh, has been uh, in the lower echelon every once in a while. Their baseball teams have been pretty good in the last few years, uh, but football has struggled a little bit, and uh, basketball at one time was a pretty prolific sport for the school. But uh, uh, to get a check for $55, $60 million each year, uh, uh, more power to them is what I say. And uh, one thing for sure, I don't think their athletic department's losing any money after they received that check because uh, uh, the stadium in Vanderbilt uh, hosts probably about 40,000 people in their times. Is that it? Yeah, there are times that uh, when Alabama or Tennessee or uh, any of the big SEC schools, you know, whether it be Mississippi State, I'm sure they outnumber the Vanderbilt fans in the stands, you know, at the, those particular games. Uh, believe me, I can recall some of that over in the Dome with Tulane. So, uh Anyway, the biggest crowd I've ever seen other than Texas playing in the Dome, oh, this is probably 18 years ago, was Clemson back in the early 80s. The year they won their first national championship, I bet you brought eight to 10,000 fans to the Dome that year because you can see the orange in the end yeah, zone. Yeah, yeah. Prolific. Uh, but meanwhile, back to the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, of course, I mentioned uh, uh, Kirby Smart was a Nick Saban a defensive coordinator, and a decade later, the apprentice. And I think, was he the first coach – or, or I say, I should say, uh, under the tutelage of Saban to beat Saban, I think he was. Uh, was it last year he beat Saban in the uh, national championship, championship game? game yeah. And I can't recall. It seemed like there was somebody else that was a Saban disciple uh, that uh, took him down uh, earlier. But his record against his uh, his yeah, I guess, very uh, strong. Assist, oh yeah. Anyway. Uh, pretty accurate so uh we'll see uh with that uh hopefully sometime tomorrow i'm trying to uh, line that up we'll have a uh, um uh, uh ncaa official that worked one of the bowl games uh this past uh uh bowl season have him on the air and talk about that and how he got involved in uh the various uh uh i guess uh standards with going up through the ranks starting off in high school then uh hitting some college teams uh then moving on uh, and currently an sec official and uh we'll hope to have him on tomorrow i'm trying to uh, line that up in that regard jeff so uh could be a pretty nice uh, day tomorrow. Kirby Smart, you ready for this? In his first seven years at Georgia, he's 81 and 15. Nick Saban's first seven years at uh, Alabama, he was 79 and 15. Same losses, uh, probably played a few more games, but uh, in the meantime, uh, you know, David Polak, uh, you know, he was on the uh, with the other six or seven of them uh, picking the games and all during the course of the year. Uh, and a former Bulldog and uh, at halftime last night with saving sitting feet away. They've taken over the college football world, the Georgia Bulldogs. <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, did, did Aflac sponsor that uh, portion of the pregame show where he and Dion were uh, both uh, on set? Yeah, I think I did see some Aflac commercials during that, that, that time. So, uh, anyway, it's just uh, the ball game last night um, – 
You know, you got to give a shout out to TCU. Uh, they were five and seven last year, and they were picked to finish seventh in the Big Twelve. Instead, they made the national title game. It, it's still pretty cool uh, with TCU and the quarterback that uh, brought them through. Uh, of course, they did lose their championship game to uh, Kansas State, but uh, they were strong enough uh, to get into the uh, the Final Four with the college football playoff. Did they deserve to be the number two team in the AP rankings, though? Uh, I, they, they lose to Kansas State in the uh, conference championship game. They get blown out like they did yesterday. And, yeah, they beat Michigan. Ohio State lost in the semis. But I think I would have pushed Ohio State to number two, uh, especially considering their uh, yeah, if job it, versus uh, Georgia. Yeah, if it wouldn't have been a blowout last night, I could understand them finishing number two. But uh, getting beat uh, – 65 to 7 and just was uh and they turned the ball over when i when i finally turned it off they had turned it over three times a couple of interceptions the fumble started it as georgia had gone up seven nothing with a drive and then uh they fumble the the defense does a pretty good job of keeping it off the end zone but they kick a field goal to make it 10 nothing and come down and score make it 10 7 you think okay uh that's just part of the game but when it's with 17 then 24 then it uh, pretty much kind of tell you. What I, I was thinking place. like an old timey movie where the calendar flips over and over, and, and that's how the scoreboard uh, was just rolling over and over again. Uh, by the way, uh, how about Tulane uh, finishing uh, number nine in the yeah, top that's, ten that's, of the AP top twenty-five? First time they finished since the unbeaten season in '98. Uh, they finished seventh, and uh, they. Uh, but uh, somebody asked me that the other day, and uh, I think this team. Uh, this season would beat the 98 team. They're just too much depth on this team this year, and that's what saved them. I can remember the announcers saying in the game, oh, they're going to wear Tulane out. Tulane plays 10 to 11 kids on the defensive line. They they run four linebackers in and out of the game, along with uh, seven or eight uh, DBs. So uh, I didn't think they'd wear them down. Uh, they might strike quickly with missed assignments, but uh, – uh, that quite evident, you know, when, when the poor kid from USC let the ball go out of bounds at the one, trying to return the kick off. Uh, I kept saying, well, if we get a safety here, we're we going to win this game. And it's exactly what happened with uh, Patrick Jenkins uh, breaking through in a little stunt and uh, sacking the uh, running back from uh, USC. And Katie barred the door now. So, uh, But in the meantime, yeah, the AP poll, Jeff, uh, I had it somewhere in front of me. I, I, I do have Go it ahead. in front of me. Uh, Georgia, all um, the first place votes, so unanimous, number one. Texas Christian, number two. Michigan, number three. Ohio State, number four. And again, I'll go back to the idea. Um, uh, Michigan did beat Ohio State, uh, so I guess that's what that's about. But Alabama, number five. Tennessee, number six. Penn State at seven. Washington at eight, as mentioned. Tulane, number nine. Utah, number ten. 11 through 15, Florida State, USC, Clemson, Kansas State, and Oregon. LSU, a respectable 16, finishing up Oregon State at 17, Notre Dame, Troy, and Mississippi State uh, round out the top 20. And then uh, the bottom five of the top 25, UCLA, Pittsburgh, South Carolina, Fresno State, and Texas. Uh, kudos to Troy, though, uh, mid-major there, Fresno yes. State, uh, 
mid-major, getting into the top 25, uh, finishing in the top 25. And, you know, it's uh, it's just a remarkable when you look at the year, the, the past year at all. You know, Alabama is still a pretty good football program. You can say what you want. And granted, Georgia uh, did win two national titles in a row, but the last team to beat Georgia was Alabama in the championship game in the SEC. And uh, talking to a few people around, you know, I can't tell you how many of them said, oh, Alabama's going to beat Georgia. Georgia in the SEC championship game, and then Georgia's going to come back and beat uh, Alabama for the uh, national championship, and pretty much uh, technically what happened. And, and we talked about how tight that Ohio State-Georgia game was. Uh, the two losses Alabama had couldn't have been any tighter. Overtime won, and LSU scoring the two-point conversion to, to win by one as uh, time was winding down. Yeah, it's, it, it, again, Nick Saban tried to make that argument, and it, it, there's no reason not to try and make that argument sure. because, uh, again, um, their two losses were about as good a losses as you can get. And not only that, if LSU, the kid from LSU, uh, drops that ball, Alabama's in, in the Final Four. Who, uh, Ohio State gets pushed out, I'm pretty sure about that. And uh, it was just amazing how they, they got beat by Tennessee just in a high-scoring game. What was it, 50, 52-49, 51-48, something of that nature. And uh, uh, just amazing. Of course, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Saban was 79-15 and 15 in his first seven years at Alabama. But he won three national championships. And, you know, uh, at uh, 71 years of age, he'll be 72 sometime uh, in October. I think his birthday's on Halloween, if my memory serves me correct. Believe me, they're going to be a force again this year. Uh, uh, they're not going to lose much. And uh, with that coming up, uh, of course, for you uh, football widows, uh, the playoffs start this weekend in the NFL and uh, college Football is over, but, uh, of course, it'll heat it back up February 1st. I think it's National Signing Day, and it'll heat back up again. And then, of course, spring practice, uh, all the soothsayers will be out there and uh, talking about uh, what's going to happen. And uh, it's just going to be an interesting year here in college football, as it always is uh, in that regard, Jeff. So, uh, But last night, uh, Georgia just, uh, you know, a culmination of hard work and, like you said, you know, they kind of they dodged a bullet against Ohio State uh, last weekend, uh, winning, uh, what, 42-41 and uh, beating uh, the Buckeyes in a real tight game. Uh, Stinson Bennett last night, 18 out of 25, 304 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, and Brock Ball was the big tight end, seven receptions, 152 yards and a touchdown. We got a caller there. We go yeah, to Let's the go uh, back to the phones and say, hello, you're in there. Hey, good morning, fellas. How's it going? Good, good, good. Hey, uh, Tony and uh, Jeff, I just, you know, calling about Lee K. give my condolences. Uh, like Ty said, you know, he's going to be missed. And uh, Lee, Lee was with the station, seemed like forever, you know. Yeah, better part of six decades. That's right. Uh, longest yeah. tenured and, employee here at Kane Radio, that's for sure. Yeah, and Lee would always play, Tony, between the test and the tracks. You know, like you said, he always loved his trains, bro. He did. He did. We were talking about that, too, yesterday. Yeah. And he'd be playing his, his trains on the separate monitor and yeah. uh, different uh, shows. that had. Uh, and he'd ride the train, too. He was an advocate. Uh, he'd take the uh, Sunset Limited from New Iberia to New Orleans. He's been to Houston. Houston on it. I think he's even been to the Los Angeles on a train. 
So, I think you're uh, right, Tony. Yeah, he and I had several, uh, uh, you know, conversations about that. Lee, Lee did love the uh, the Amtrak, bro. Oh, he did. That he did, and took yeah. his kids and his family. And he, uh, he found a way to turn so many interviews into. Did you ever take the train? Why didn't you take the train? Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> that yep. is correct. You're right about that. All right, fellas. Well, have a good day. Appreciate it. Rick. We'll see you Friday, yeah. bud. Yeah, thank you, Rick. Anyway, uh, getting back to the game, is there any better-looking tight end in the in the collegiate game than this kid Bowers from uh, Georgia? As he just had a field day yesterday uh, with that. Uh, Georgia won all finally last night as a 14-point pick. The over and under was 61-and-a-half. Uh, they got by that by, what, nine points, ten points? And the second half, Georgia was also uh, a seven-point pick. But 17-7, to they outscore them in the uh, first quarter. And then they come back 21 nothing in the second. And uh, at 38-7, to the game, you know, for a TCU comeback, it would take a lot of, uh, I think, turnovers by Georgia. And that's not going to happen. They score 14 in the uh, third quarter uh, to make it 52-7 to and uh, pretty much uh, – I'm sure the lights would be turned off in a lot of homes on the East Coast with regards to that game uh, being it, over. It's saving grace was it did start fairly early. I think 6.45 it kicked off uh, eventually, even though they'd been talking about a 6.30 kickoff. But still a reasonable early start time. Uh, yeah. that, that was its saving grace, uh, perhaps. Yeah, I don't know how people on the East Coast uh, stay up for the uh, for the games uh, Monday night games and Sunday night games uh, when most of them end anywhere between 11 and 12 o'clock and sometimes 1 o'clock in the morning if, uh, you know, an overtime game or something of that nature. But uh, you've really got to uh, <laughs> want to watch the game. So, but and correct me if I'm wrong, Jeff, uh, people on the East Coast t- tend to go to work uh, after 8 o'clock. More, more. I, I couldn't tell yeah, the answer that. To, but... Yeah, closer to 9 o'clock. Uh, they just seem like everything else is an hour later that we're used to, you know, we're looking at most of the time, but uh, 8 o'clock being where a lot of employees go to work. But Dolly uh, sang 9 to 5, you know. That's right. That is correct. Uh, anyway, uh, in the meantime, uh, college football season is over. Hope to have um, uh, a collegiate official with us tomorrow around 7.30. So, uh, in the meantime, Jeff, uh, looking for our first uh, break here this morning on uh, Bayou Sports. Uh, you listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 1075 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Hey, guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Kane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Kane Row. The brand-new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Kane Row and enjoy. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. The Quarter Tavern, recently named a top 10 bar in Louisiana by bestthingslouisiana.com, they said you'll have a whole night of fun at Quarter Tavern. This popular hometown bar in New Iberia always serves up a great time. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's, the best ring prices in the Berry. Domestic beer, just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the NFL playoffs and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main. Nowadays, none 
of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Celebrating 75 years in business, Danos has been setting the standard for generations. Become part of something bigger. Join the team. We're currently hiring for a variety of offshore positions in both our production and construction divisions, and you can apply right now at danos.com or call us at 1-833-GO-DANOS. Great jobs, great people. That's Danos. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. A big uh, Tuesday, January 10th, uh, in the first segment, talking about the national championship game last night. And uh, and got a couple of phone calls, people honoring Lee Kay, who passed away over the weekend, Sunday, Saturday night, Sunday morning sometime. So uh, with that... Any uh, elsewhere, uh, NFL kind of wrapping up the regular season. Sixty-nine different quarterbacks started NFL games this past season, breaking the old standard of uh, sixty-four. And uh, a Wildcat stat uh, with just over ten teams had one starter all season, while thirteen teams had at least three quarterbacks. And uh, your Bears, uh, Jeff uh, Justin Fields had fifteen starts, but Trevor Simeon had one, and Nathan Peterman. Well, did he start the? When did he start? Can you recall when Peterman started? It, it was one of the more recent ones. Anyway, uh, quarterbacks that started uh, all 17 games was Joe Burrow, Josh Allen, uh, with uh, the Buccaneers' Tom Brady, um, uh, Chargers' Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, uh, trying to see other quarterbacks that uh, started all 17 games. Trevor Lawrence for the Jaguars was another one, along with Jerry Goff, who, you know, his last uh, – Five or six games, Jeff. He 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 played pretty well for the Lions. And Aaron Rodgers, of course, another one that started uh, all 17 games. Elsewhere uh, in the league, Geno Smith for the Seahawks started all 17 games. Uh, And Kirk Cousins for the uh, Vikings started all 17 games. Of course, the Saints, Dalton started 14, Jameis Winston uh, three. We talked a little bit about that yesterday. Uh, We feel that – if Andy uh, Dalton remains with the uh, Saints, uh, looking like the Saints are going to look for a quarterback, not sure where they're going to go in that regard, but uh, uh, we'll see what takes place. Uh, but uh, quarterbacks, uh, and as you mentioned, Jeff, a few times during the – there are a lot of teams that wish they had a uh, Jameis Winston or an Andy Dalton, for that matter, uh, with their quarterback turnovers and all. So uh, – We'll see uh, what takes – you know, the Rams. The Rams had Matthew Stafford for nine, Baker Mayfield for four, John Wolford for three, and Bryce Perkins for one. I mean, the, mm. the Rams looked like the Saints did last year playing four quarterbacks throughout the course of the year, too. Uh, elsewhere, um, just trying to see other teams that had multiple quarterbacks. Uh, the Texans had Davis Mills, Kyle Allen, and Jeff Dresco. They got an asterisk by uh, – Dresco, I think one of those quarterbacks went down uh, anyway. But uh, through that, 
don't see any other teams that had, uh, of course, the 49ers, Jimmy Garoppolo, 10, Brock Purdy, 5, and Trey Lance started the season. He played two <laughs> games, and uh, you wonder, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo might be an opportunity for the Saints uh, to pick up. Uh, who knows? Uh not sure about that. The commanders said had- you want to see where the postseason goes with Jimmy Garoppolo and and see if he doesn't keep that starting job. You know that you're correct about that. Boy, Brock Purdy really looked good for the few games he played later on in the year, and uh, of course, picking up McCaffrey uh, for the Forty Niners was a big uh, pickup. Of course, Elijah Mitchell, our local Erath former UL player, is. Uh, uh, you know, hopefully he can get better to have a, a crack. But boy, when you got somebody like McCafferty, uh, you wonder how much he's going to play. Uh, the Commanders, Taylor Henneke at nine, Carson Wentz with seven, and Sam Howell one. Uh, for the Commanders, uh, the Cardinals had Kyler Murray eleven, Colt McCoy for three, David Blaw for two, and Trace McSorley for one. Uh, the Cardinals, and uh, you know, that's a, a possible landing spot for. Uh, uh, Sean Payton, uh, I don't know. I just, I just don't see Sean Payton coming back to the Saints. I, I, I just that's something I can't envision. The Saints have a coach, whether you like Dennis Allen or not. Uh, he's under contract. Uh, I just, I, I think Sean uh, Payton's going to end up somewhere else with someone else. So, uh, but uh, NFL yesterday uh, decided to let a few coaches go as uh, Cliff Kingsbury with the Cardinals was uh, fired. And, uh, you know, that's something I don't understand. Didn't they give him during the summer an extension of uh, like $30, million? Yeah, in March. Yeah, you know, so, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think what other former coaches are on the uh, edge right now. Um, And they've got a few. Of course, I think there are five vacancies in the NFL right now. I'm trying to recall other than the Cardinals – also, Carolina's looking for a coach. Uh, uh, Indianapolis is looking for a coach. Houston's looking for a coach. And Denver's looking for a coach. Is that right? Uh, they're, they're all looking for coaches yes. right now. So, uh, In fact, uh, Jim Harbaugh interviewed for the gig yesterday. Uh, that's uh, right. Amongst uh, the Sean Payton buzz. That's right. Of course, uh, as the uh, – or if you missed it on Sunday in the pregame of the Saints game uh, – uh, they asked Sean Payton what he was looking for, and he said, I'm looking for stability with management ownership, is what he basically said. So uh, does that knock Arizona out? Yeah, boy, they, they haven't been stable in a while. No, I guess not. <laughs> you know, I, the, the Denver is and the, the – Bidwell's uh, uh, yeah. historically terrible owners. And uh, with that, uh, you know, the um, the Saints have given permission to the Broncos to let him speak with them, but the Broncos – of course, uh, Walton, uh, the Walton family. I'm trying to think of the one of the sons that purchased the uh, Broncos for 4.7 billion. That's right, billion with a B. And I'm sure they do. Can do throw. they have a long enough track record to show stability? Who, who knows? With and, them. and again, the decision, just the simple decision to um, trade away um, top pick for Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, doesn't show. A lot of wisdom, at least at this point. Yeah, and, uh, of course, the Broncos, a um, lot to do up there in Mile High City. So, uh, anyway, uh, we'll see what uh, transpires with uh, with Sean Payton, but I just I just don't see him coming back to the Saints. I, I just I think he did his job there. Uh, 
I'm sure he and uh, Mickey Loomis, along with Miss Benson, got along pretty well in the later years uh, after the passing of Tom Benson. But uh, uh, I, I just don't see the Saints have their own problems to address during the course of uh, the year as they've got to address, I think, 26 restricted and unrestricted free agents and contracts running out. So uh, uh, the meat of the Saints uh, team uh, needs to be addressed. Meanwhile, in the Hall of Fame, Collegiate Hall of Fame, a couple names are coming up. Uh, They're among 18 players uh, in the latest college football Hall of Fame class announced yesterday. And uh, two of those members, Reggie Bush and Tim Tebow. You wonder, would Reggie Bush have uh, uh, kind of being an outsider looking in uh, with regards to, you know, he uh, the only Heisman Trophy candidate to have it taken away from him. Didn't O.J. Simpson uh, lose his Heisman? I don't know. He did. I, mean, I know he lost the physical trophy. <laughs> Thank you. But, you know. Thank you. He but. did lose that. But uh, I think Reggie Bush, uh, his uh, Heisman Award was terminated. I think they it showed. Was, I and, think they showed it's vacated. And uh, I think it's interesting that he and I saw the headline too, uh, showing both Tebow and Reggie Bush. And I'm thinking to myself, uh, you take away his Heisman, but you put him in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know that it that, just that's seems what I'm saying there, a bit of a schism. Yeah, it is. It is. And uh anyway, um it's amazing though. I'm just trying to look at some of the other uh uh, uh entries uh and possible entries into the uh college at Hall of Fame. The rest of the latest class. Here you go. Hall of Fame is includes of Eric Berry of Tennessee, Robert Gallery of Iowa, Derek Johnson of Texas, Bill Kolar of Montana State, Jeremy Macklin of Missouri. Terrence Mathis of New Mexico, Brian McKinney of Miami, Corey Moore of Virginia Tech, Michael Stonebreaker, New Orleans native, matter of fact, played at John Curtis of Notre Dame, Troy Vincent of Wisconsin, Brian Westbrook of Villanova, and along with D'Angelo Williams of Memphis. And uh, saw a couple of those guys play in uh, college. Uh, elsewhere, the four coaches to be inducted into the Hall of Fame in December will be Monty Carter of Shepard. I'm not sure where Shepard College is. Roy Kramer of Central Michigan, who I believe was the SEC commissioner for many years, a coach who, as they did say later on, the uh, Southeastern Conference uh, commissioner. Mark Wright, who coached at Georgia and Miami. Triple option guru Paul, Paul Johnson, who was at, uh, I believe, uh, Navy and then uh, Georgia Tech and uh, also at Georgia Southern, too. So uh, in the meantime, uh, the Collegiate uh, Hall of Fame, uh, Reggie Bush being among. You have to admit, uh, Reggie Bush, probably one of the most exciting collegiate players I've ever seen, uh, even though he played for, uh, as the LSU fans would say, the dreaded Southern California Trojans. You know what? Don't don't hate on Southern Cal. Uh, one, they didn't vote for themselves to to split that national title. And two, they should have been in that title game. Uh, the team LSU played uh, didn't win their conference. That's right. They, they shouldn't have been there, in my opinion, still. Uh, blame uh, the BCS committee or whoever uh, didn't match up LSU and Southern Cal. That's, don't, that's don't blame right. Southern Cal. Yeah, they just, uh, they're playing as hard to win a national championship as anybody else. And I think the last time... Uh, they had a split national championship. Believe it, in 1990, they had Colorado and Georgia Tech. Uh, I can't remember which one won the AP title and the other one won the UPI title at the time. They were still uh, a body. Uh, of course, they went bankrupt years later, and uh, the collegiate uh, ESPN through the collegiate coaches poll took over that spot uh, with the UPI, the United Press International. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, uh, 
uh, collegiate football uh, over or as of last night. Looking forward to uh, that continuing. Uh, try to see if uh, other little headlines here quickly. Uh, just just uh, real quick, Monty Cater, um, you, you mentioned him, coach at Lakeland, Wisconsin, uh, from 81 to 86, and then Shepard in West Virginia, 87 to 2017. I think that's great that they recognize these small schools and the contribution they make uh, as well to that's college right. football. They really do. You, you don't see them on national te- hell, You don't even see them on ESPN+. Plus. That's but right. yet these guys grind it out for uh, some a near 40-year career, and uh, you know whether or not they had opportunities to move up, they decided to stay at these smaller schools uh, because they recognize these kids get to deserve a chance to play too. So kudos to um, the uh, National Football Foundation for uh, not uh, forgetting those smaller schools. Yeah, and it's, you got to remember, too, the stress that people go through at some of these uh, – big-time college football programs with regards to the press and alumni and just the, as I call them, the Walmart fans, the bandwagon fans you got to put up with. Uh, it's, uh, as I say, a lot of times you find out someone's intelligence as soon as they open up their mouth. So. Yeah, I, I know uh, there's a lot of UL people who uh, like the phrase, I got a UL T-shirt because I went to UL. You got an LSU T-shirt because you went to Walmart. <laughs> That's a lot of truth to that. I can still recall my cousin eulogizing my Uncle Smitty, who uh, he said, you know, it's easy to be an LSU fan. You have to put up, stick up and put up to be a Tulane fan. <laughs> As the losing seasons we've had over the years. But in the meantime, uh, the uh, 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 college football season, as I mentioned, is over. And you're right, Jeff, about some of these coaches that uh, endear themselves uh, – with their families, and they're not making the uh, – I'd be surprised if some of them are making six figures, uh, even low six figures, $100,000. Probably most of them in the – like a high school coach in that regard, making the money they do and uh, probably have to do some of the menial jobs, uh, the sweeping up the office or mm. uh, checking into things or ordering things. Striping so, fields. That, that's right. So, um, anyway, as you mentioned, it's uh, – it's so important for some of these smaller college uh, coaches to be recognized, and this is one way they can. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and take our next break this morning. You're listening to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with more right after this. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with LA Classic Roofing. We're a third generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at LA Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. LA Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. Nowadays, none of us can be without adequate insurance coverage, but we still want to be sure we're getting the best value for the money. That's why so many people call the Schwing Insurance Agency to get a quote. The Schwing family has been handling the insurance needs of businesses and homeowners for almost 80 years. You can depend on Schwing Insurance to find the coverage you need at the best price. So before you buy a new policy or renew an existing one, call the Schwing Insurance Agency for a quote at 365-2357. Schwing Insurance, 300 East Main, across from the shadows. Landry 
has been traveling around District 49 talking to friends and neighbors about bringing prosperity and economic freedom to all our citizens. As we visited with thousands of people across our great district, many asked, how can we get involved in moving our district forward? Join us by going to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com where you can easily sign up and join our campaign. Go to jacoblandryforlouisiana.com and register now to join us. Pay for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Hi, this is Boxcar Badger inviting you to join me and PGA Golf Professional Teddy Slyman for Chip Shots. Mondays from 5 to 6 p.m. we'll take an in-depth look at the local, state, and national golf scenes. And we invite you to chip in with your calls at 367-1240. Chip Shots is sponsored by the Coca-Cola Bottling Company, GolfBalls.com, and our local golf clubs, Eagle Ridge, Kangaroo, and Sugar Oaks. So let's make a tea time for 5 p.m. on Mondays for Chip Shots on Kane. Stream us live on Kane1240.com and catch the podcast the next day. Now back to Bayou Sports. Phone lines are open to talk sports at 367-1240. Welcome back to Bayou Sports here on a big Tuesday morning, January the 10th. Uh, uh, quickly, uh, the men's uh, AP basketball poll uh, is out in Houston. Uh, the Cougars are number one in that poll, followed by Kansas, uh, also, uh, Purdue, who was number one for a while, uh, Alabama, Tennessee, UConn, UCLA, Gonzaga, Arizona, and Texas round out the uh, top ten, uh, following up with uh, Kansas State at 11, Xavier at 12, Virginia at 13, Iowa State, uh, Arkansas, and Miami uh, round out the top 16, then TCU, Wisconsin, Providence, Missouri, Auburn, Charleston, San Diego State, Duke, and Marquette. And uh, Jeff, uh, still no LSU Tigers. You know, I, I didn't see. I, I didn't finally look up and see whether they uh, had some uh, issues with the polls or not, because they're playing pretty well. Oh yeah, um, I think they did lose a conference game recently. Yeah, I think they lost to A and M. That's believe. it. Yeah, and uh, so they they were hovering there, and losing that game probably made some voters a little. Tepid in regard to LSU, but if they continue on the pace that they're doing, eventually they're going to crack that. Uh, meanwhile, the Lady Tigers That's are getting right. a whole bunch of headlines. Jeez. Uh, it's amazing what a good coach would do for you. And Kim Mulkey, uh, Hammond native, former Louisiana Tech uh, player and coach, uh, then from Baylor, won three national championships at Baylor. Uh, South Carolina, defending champ, along with Stanford, Ohio State, UConn, and the Lady Tigers are at number five. They're 16-0, the best start in school's history, as uh, Coach Kim Mulkey has the Lady uh, Tigers uh, rising to the top, as they say. And uh, what more can you say about that? Uh, good coaches uh, tend to bring out the best in uh, teams, and uh, we'll see uh, – uh, well, she'll do the rest of the year, but, uh, boy, she's got them playing well and uh, and beating people. Uh, who would have thought that? So, in the meantime, saw an article, too, I'm trying to retrieve with, uh, you know, collegiate baseball is right around the corner. Yeah, with it really is not to, uh, That's right. Uh, that practice will probably start when the schools uh, come uh, back uh, from uh, their vacation breaks and all. And I saw a uh, – uh, uh, an article with regards to the uh, baseball. They had some rule changes, and that's what I was trying to find out. Uh, uh, and I can't uh, locate that article I saw in the meantime earlier this morning uh, about that. But also wanted to mention that DeMar Hammond, uh, the the young man who uh, dropped on the football field uh, a week ago uh, Monday, 
uh, has been um, uh, let go from the hospital in Cincinnati and uh, returned back home. I guess he's up in uh, some type of uh, uh, hospital care up in Buffalo. But, boy, that's great to hear, too, uh, with a young man who, uh, gee, without the paramedics there and uh, people hustling uh, out on the field to uh, help him out uh, during the course of that um, get him resuscitated and all, and uh, what more can you say uh, uh, with that? So uh, good to hear, and uh, always want to see that young man uh, being um, taken care of. So what more can you say? But great news to hear in that. Uh, still can't find that article as I'm uh, thumbing uh, through. Uh, but, but you may have noticed, uh, as you look for that, uh, LSU uh, ranked uh, number one in collegiate baseball's uh, preseason poll the collection of talent uh, extraordinary with three first team college uh, baseball preseason all-americans including center fielder dylan cruz uh, right-handed pitcher and dh uh, paul skeens and third baseman tommy white he's a transfer from north carolina state uh, southeastern conference let all leagues uh, no shock with six teams in the top 10 12 in the top 50 uh, but 1 through 10, Louisiana State, uh, Florida, Stanford, Texas A&M, Tennessee, Louisville, Arkansas, Miami, Vanderbilt, as we talked about, a uh-huh. solid baseball program, and Wake Forest round out the top 10. And uh, just per- perusing uh, through the rest of the uh, top 50, looking to see if any other Louisiana teams uh, garnered a top 50 ranking. Louisiana Tech in at number 40. So, All right. Uh, but uh, UL not uh, on this list. But uh, hopefully they play themselves onto this list at some point this season. Yeah, I, I, I found something with regard to that article here. Not, uh, you know, the collegiate game uh, is now before the 2020 season. The NCAA introduced a 20-second clock, action clock, for the intent of speeding up the pace of play. And that meant that uh, with runners on base, pitchers had 20 seconds to begin their uh, motion towards home plate or make a pickoff attempt. Uh, one covet uh, was that this rule was that the pitchers could perform unlimited step-offs or fake throws without penalty to reset that 20-second clock. Beginning in 2023, pitchers will be allowed uh, one step-off or fake throw per batter to reset um, the clock. And that to me, that tells you, well, once he makes a fake throw, he can't come back again. So the base runner has, uh, yeah, you know, I, in his I mind. completely disagree with that rule. And Major League Baseball implementing a That's right. similar rule, I just disagree with that completely. Anyway, also a pitcher uh, will still be allowed unlimited pickoff attempts during an at-bat, but they must uh, deliver the ball to either the base or home plate every 20 seconds, as it was before if a pitcher... I'm, I'm okay with that one. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And if a pitcher fails to deliver a pitch or pickoff attempt within the window, a ball will be added to the count. Alternatively, if the batter is unprepared to hit within the 20-second window, a strike will be added uh, to the count. So at least one action must uh, uh, must be vis- uh, visible on the field of play, and that's uh, come January 1st, 2024. Anyway, uh, beginning, uh, umpires can now initiate a video to review, uh, determine malicious contact or misconduct occurred, while also being able to initiate views for catches interference. Uh, a rule that I thought needs to be done long ago, uh, padding of the fences uh, in collegiate baseball. When you see those kids run into bricks or walls of, of wood, and uh, now they need to add that uh, padding there. 
And uh, well, anyway, it's going to ruin the aesthetic. Yeah, true, true. But uh, hopefully, it'll protect some kids from uh, tearing up shoulders. Can you imagine if they made Wrigley put uh, foam padding along the outside <laughs> wall or the outfield wall? Oh, Come I on. hear you. I hear you. And uh, anyway, but uh, some rule changes in collegiate baseball uh, with regards to that. I'm sure they have others that uh, maybe not as major, but. Uh, it's um it's they've got some and there's also a 15 run rule in college baseball now in six inning there is a 15 run rule after three innings there's also an eight run rule after four innings so uh those are some things eight too. run after four that's what it says here that so not i'm nice. wondering if that's deal to uh softball too maybe yeah and i'm thinking uh, i'm just looking at some headlines here and uh of course the pitching limit is there uh with uh, on a day of rest is required 31 to 50 pitches so uh they got pitch counts uh in that regard so uh anyway uh, a lot of things taking place in collegiate baseball and as you mentioned the tigers uh in one poll uh have the number one ranking before the season begins so uh, a lot going on in that uh with the baseball changes and all. Also, just a quickie, I saw, man, you know, the cherry-picking of the UL program is just pitiful. As L. Rogers, one of their fine wide receivers, has entered the transfer portal and uh, is uh, committed to Liberty University out of Virginia. So uh, the UL team uh, loses another pretty good player. Uh, he played at LCA in high school and had a pretty good career. He's got two years of eligibility left as L. Rogers of the Raging Cajuns wide receiver has decided to enter the transfer portal and commit to uh, Liberty University up in Virginia. You know, I I consider that more of a lateral move than a a step up. But I do believe the transfer portal is really going to hurt mid-majors. You know, these kids who, uh, you know, sign with a mid-major because they couldn't get the Power 5 school to take a look at them, but then they start to perform at the mid-major level, and all of a sudden teams are interested. And... So uh, I I see the transfer portal really hurting uh, mid-majors as time goes on. Yeah, and I'm with you too. So uh, anyway, in uh, big basketball games tonight on the collegiate side, uh, Michigan State's at number 18, Wisconsin. That's going to be on ESPN tonight. And then follow up with Oklahoma at Kansas uh, at 9 p.m. on uh, ESPN2. Not sure if that's – that might be uh, uh, Eastern time. It should be 8 o'clock our time. And then – North Carolina's at Virginia. Uh, that's also at that eight o'clock tip-off on uh, at um, at Virginia. So uh, women's basketball, uh, Michigan at Purdue. Elsewhere, um, just looking at uh, you know five NFL coaches that I mentioned earlier in their first season with their respective teams have made the playoffs. So uh, three are rookie head coaches too. So uh, anyway, we'll see how uh, that's going to come. Uh, in the meantime, uh, trying to see, uh, of course, those coaches, uh, Brian Ball with the Giants, Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings, and Mike McDaniel with the Dolphins, Doug Peterson uh, with the Jaguars, and Todd Bowles with the Buccaneers. So, uh, anyway, those guys, uh, first year with their teams, three of them are rookie head coaches. The Giants too. head coach, that's not his second year? Uh, boy, you got me now. Uh, you might be right. I... They fired Jason Garrett, but I thought they kept the head coach. Uh... Yeah, Jason Garrett was uh, the offensive coordinator. Yeah, yeah. Uh, good question. But I could be wrong. Anyway. Uh, I've been wrong. Who was the coach of the Giants uh, last year? I'm trying to think. But uh, Kevin O'Connell, uh, Mike McDaniel. Uh, McDaniel's the first year with the Dolphins, that's for sure. Doug Peterson, uh, 
was he with last year, Peterson? He was not. Uh, he was out of coaching. Yeah, yeah. And Todd Bowles with the Buccaneers. He's a first-year coach with Tampa Bay. Uh, as uh, um, First year with them, but yes. he had been a head coach prior. Uh, that's correct. That's, that is correct. Anyway, with that. So, uh, in the meantime, uh, let's go ahead and take our next break. Uh, you listen to Bayou Sports here on Kane Radio, FM 107.5 and AM 1240. We'll be back with uh, more right after this. I am Jacob Lander, and I'm tired of seeing Louisiana fumble away good-paying jobs to our neighbors across the Sun Belt. That's why I'm running for state representative of District 49, because bringing opportunity back to Louisiana is a touchdown for all of us. As your next state representative, I will work hard to expand vocational training programs so that all of our people can have the tools to succeed. I am Jacob Landry, and I am a proven job creator. All I need is your support and your vote. Paid for by the Jacob Landry for Louisiana campaign. Hey guys, if you're looking for the top golf experience in Iberia Parish, you need to look no further than Cane Row Golf and Turf Club. Low or high handicappers will enjoy the beautiful greens, the recently refurbished sand traps, and incredibly plush fairways. And by the way, you don't have to be a golfer to enjoy Cane Row. The brand new clubhouse sports some of the best burgers, pizza, wings, and many other choices along with absolutely the best, most potent margaritas that you've ever tried. So whether it's golf, food, or just some fun, come to Cane Row and enjoy. The Quarter Tavern is the premier spot for live music. The Quarter Tavern, recently named a top 10 bar in Louisiana by bestthingslouisiana.com, they said you'll have a whole night of fun at Quarter Tavern. This popular hometown bar in New Iberia always serves up a great time. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main across from McDonald's, best ring prices in the very domestic beer, just $2, imports $3 all day, every day, other than during bands and special benefits. 19 TVs has you covered for the NFL playoffs and no bar with more outdoor seating. Quarter Tavern, 910 East Main. Is it time for a new roof or to repair the old one? Hi, this is Jake Blanchard with L.A. Classic Roofing. We're a third-generation roofing contractor that has been in the business for over 70 years. As a locally owned and operated company, we're also licensed and insured for your peace of mind. We offer free estimates and a $100 referral fee for full roof replacement. Check us out on Facebook at L.A. Classic Roofing. And the number to call is 465-3888. L.A. Classic Roofing, professional roofing solutions since the 1950s. A game without a crowd is just a scrimmage. A performance without an audience is just a rehearsal. Without your presence, high school sports and the performing arts aren't possible. Ensure that these essential extracurricular activities continue to enrich the lives of students in Louisiana. Purchase a ticket to your local high school's game or performance. This message presented by the LHSAA and the Louisiana High School Athletic Directors Association. Now back to Bayou Sports on the all-new Kane 107.5. Welcome back to Bayou Sports for our fourth and last segment uh, with regards to uh, uh, we got uh, we talked about all some of the all-state teams uh, last week and uh, to, uh, we the 5A team wasn't announced until I think over, well, over the weekend. The weekend. Yeah. I, I see that the Advocate uh, posted on January seventh, which was Saturday. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and. Uh, um, Destrahan quarterback Jai Eugene, who the uh, Westgate Tigers had to face, uh, he along with uh, the Curtis linebacker Justin Hard uh, head the team uh, as the honorees on offense and defense. Uh, of course, Rustin, who uh, for the first time since '98 uh, reached a state final game, uh, Rustin's coach Jared Ball was uh, voted as a coach of the year uh, in that. Uh, 
So uh, they had uh, a few players from uh, the team. Uh, Catholic high quarterback uh, Daniel Beal was the honoree at that area. Uh, also, uh, their receiver, Shelton Sampson Jr., an LSU signee who had 79 catches for 1,152 yards and 18 touchdowns. Zachary Safety, Kalen Jackson, another LSU signee, uh, had 40 tackles, 32 assists, five tackles for loss, three forced fumbles. Uh, Zachary, defensive lineman, uh, Ashley Williams, an Arizona State signee, 51 tackles, 32 assists, 14. That's some kids out of uh, Destrahan. But Destrahan, I should say, Catholic High Baton Rouge, Destrahan's Eugene was selected to the team as an athlete. He completed 95, 155 passes for right at 1,900 yards, 23 touchdowns, three interceptions. He also rushed 93 times, 724 yards, and 13 scores. Of course, he scored the winning touchdown on a 29-yard run in the fourth quarter as Destrahan defeated uh, Rustin 17-10. to uh, Elsewhere, the, the Destrahan quarterback, a two-lane signee, as will be a defensive halfback in college. So Horn, uh, a Texas Tech signee, and at one time was a UL commitment too, uh, and uh, reneged on that commitment and committed to Texas Tech and signed with them uh, the uh, uh Curtis linebacker had uh, 144 tackles, 17 for loss, six sacks, three passes, defensed, and he was the defensive MVP of that Catholic League over in New Orleans. Uh, uh, of course, they won the state championship in that regard. Uh, Jeff, uh, you have some mothers maybe on that team. Uh, I'm surprised. Uh, we had a couple. Didn't we have a young man maybe from uh, uh, Westgate that was maybe on that team? Well, or was that the 4A team? They're 4A, that, yeah. Okay. Uh, in that regard. So uh, a lot of kids, uh, of course, again, uh, they still, uh, even though the majority of young men signed on uh, December 21st with their schools, uh, there is another big national signing day. Uh, February 1st, I do believe, is the date. It's the first Wednesday in, in the month of February. And uh, some teams uh, still have some needs to fill. And uh, They've got maybe a handful of scholarships available, so a lot of uh, cherry-picking going on. Uh, what amazes me is not a single player from 3-5A. It's, you know, st- traditionally one of the better 5A conferences. That's right. Not a, it's, it's almost as though they didn't see the western part of the state. Uh, southeast, uh, Baton Rouge, uh, uh, Monroe area, but nothing uh, in this direction yeah. whatsoever. Except for maybe the uh, honorable mentions. Uh, in fact, Jamal Levi from Barb and Drew Dronet uh, from Sam Houston, their honorable mentions. Uh, uh, Jamorian Jackson from Sam Houston, an honorable mention. Uh, but uh, apart from that, not a lot of players uh, trying to go through the honorable mentions to see if uh, any other uh, teams from 35A. Uh, Akasita Ardwan from Southside, uh, Israel Jolivet from Karen Crow, and let's see here. Uh, yeah, it's really surprising you're right about that because that district is one of the toughest in the state, if not the toughest. I mean, Acadiana, how many state championships have, have they won over the years? And, uh, uh, you know, other fine schools in that area, too. Speaking of Acadiana, Keevan Williams uh, was an honorary mention. Ashton Gilbo from Lafayette High, an honorable mention. And again, uh, trying to curse it through. Uh, Kevon George of Karen Crow, an honorable mention. And uh, let's see, Southside's Lucas Harrington, 
an honorable mention. Also, Bryson Jones from Southside. They remember they had a terrific season. They did uh, for such a young program. Uh, but Bryson Jones, an honorable mention as well. And Russell Babineau from Acadiana, honorable mention. And I may have missed one in there uh, because it is just one long paragraph of names. But uh, uh, hopefully we got them all. Yeah, I uh, want to remind folks tonight, too, uh, we'll have uh, high school basketball on the air. Uh, hopefully, <laughs> we're not sure. Uh, usually the times run anywhere from 7 o'clock to 7.30, but uh, we'll have an update on that. Uh, maybe Jeff can have an update on that one. We'll be on the air as Catholic High uh, entertains uh, Ascension Episcopal tonight in a big ball game in uh, 8-2A district. Um, Catholic High, of course, uh, Friday night we had the game. They lost a tough one to West St. Mary by two points, 44-42, to where they had taken over the lead uh, uh, late in the second quarter and held on to that through most of the uh, uh, third quarter and early in the fourth quarter and uh, just ball wouldn't go in the hoop uh, uh, with the lid on the basket. Uh, so we'll see what the Panthers can do tonight against a pretty good uh, Ascension Episcopal team. They defeated uh, Westgate earlier this year, which Westgate uh, usually has a pretty good program in basketball in 4A. So we'll, we'll see what the Panthers do tonight, airtime, somewhere between 7 and 7.30 tonight. Elsewhere today in sports history, January the 10th, in 1945, uh, no one is selected to baseball's Hall of Fame. I don't know how often that's happened, but uh, on this date, no one selected to baseball's Hall of Fame. Of course, in 1957, on this date, baseball commissioner Ford Frick rules that Bing Crosby can keep stock in the Detroit Tigers, even though he owns part of the Pittsburgh Pirates. So uh, he had a small portion into the Tigers' uh, ownership. And this date, 1965, the 15th NFL uh, uh, Pro Bowl at the LA Coliseum. Uh, the East beats East Conference. Uh, the West Conference beats the Eastern Conference, 34-14. The MVPs of the game: a quarterback, Fran Tarkenton, and DB uh, Terry Barr of the Lions. And in 1967, on this date, the 17th NBA All-Star Game. I think it's kind of early to have that game. But anyway, in the Cow Palace at San Francisco as the West beats the East, 135-120. to MVP of the game, Rick Barry of, this, of the Warriors. 1982, on this date, the NFL Championship. Of course, a game known as the Catch as the 49ers beat the Cowboys on this date in 82, 28-27. Uh, a big moment in NFL history as Dwight Clark makes the fingertip catch from Joe Montana with 58 seconds remaining. Of course, San Francisco goes on to win their first Super Bowl. Yeah, I, I was delivering pizzas during that uh, game. It was my freshman year in college, and I can still picture where I was on the route uh, when that catch was made because uh, it, such a big deal was made out of it. And, you know, radio, you have to be a little bit more articulate about a, a situation and but i'll never forget that hustling pizzas oh, uh, on that oh, sunday yeah. night i remember late my, sunday afternoon i remember my phone rang a buddy calling me saying he lost a lot of money on that game <laughs> anyway in 1983 on this date the united uh, new york supreme court issues a preliminary injunction barring the yankees from playing a season opening series against the tigers in denver colorado i can't recall that but i'm sure it happened Elsewhere on this date in 1984, uh, the Go-Go Sox, Louis Aparicio, Harmon Killebro, and Don Drysdale elected to baseball's Hall of Fame. In 1985, uh, Coach Lenny Wilkins becomes the first uh, to reach 1,000 NBA games when his Supersonics defeat the Warriors 
89-86. Also on this date in 86, uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, formerly Luau Cinder of the Lakers, scores his 34,000 point during a win over the Pacers. He remains the all-time leader in the NBA with 38,387 points. Elsewhere on this date in 1990, the NCAA approves a random drug testing for college football players. Hello. 1996, Jimmy Johnson announced uh, as a new coach of the Miami Dolphins. On this date in 2011, in the 13th BCS National Championship at Phoenix Stadium, Auburn beats uh, number one Auburn, beats number two Oregon, 22-19. to 19. I think that's when Cam Newton played uh, in that game, uh, I think, uh, uh, of course, also in 2022 in the College Football National Championship game in Indianapolis, Georgia, number three Georgia, beats number one Alabama, 33-18. And uh, you know who won it last night, too. Birthdays today, born in 1949 on this date, former heavyweight boxing champion George Foreman, born uh, in Marshall, Texas. Also born on this date, uh, Brobridge native, pro football player, uh, Jake DeLone, born on this date in 1975. Also on deaths on this date, and I'm sure everybody in the state of Louisiana across the country remembers this, one-time LSU football coach on this date, 1980, Bo Ryan, who never coached a game mm-hmm. at LSU, tragically lost as he and his pilot, as their plane went down over in the Atlantic, and uh, not knowing if they ever find uh, Bo Ryan again. Anyway, the quote of the day, I, I want to go back to Jake DeLome, and uh, he was talking about one of his football players, I think it was Stephen Smith, uh, later on. He said he hadn't lost his vision. That's one thing. He's good. The guy's smooth and knows how to set up blocks. He's fun to watch him run. Hopefully everything works out all right physically, but he certainly looks good so far. I think Stephen Smith had missed a couple games, and they got him back. Jake DeLome talking about uh, Stephen. And he's now on, uh, what, the uh, NFL Network one, one, of the of the, one of the networks doing yeah. commentary, and uh, well, he's a pistol too, <laughs> with regards to that. Beats his chest a lot too, if you know what mm-hmm. I mean. <laughs> anyway, that's today in sports history, uh, January tenth, Jeff. No, no doubt. Uh, once again, want to thank our sponsors, including the Quarter Tavern, Cane Row Golf and Turf Club, Schwing Insurance, uh, L.A. Classic Roofing, and Jacob Landry, candidate for state representative district. Number 49, appreciate their support. And once again, uh, we'll look forward to uh, tomorrow's edition of Bayou Sports. News is up next, brought to us by David Funeral Homes. You're listening to KANE 1240 AM and K298CQ 107.5 FM, New Iberia. The voice of the Tash.